And, you know, Beth has a greener thumb than I do. She planted some lettuce. And by planting lettuce, I mean we had it for dinner one night from the store. And she's like, we got some left and went and stuck it in the soil. And then we ate like four more dinners from it. I don't know how that works. <laughs> but it started growing. And uh, so she planted some lettuce in there and maybe some flowers. I'm not sure what else. One thing I, 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 you, you find if you, if you plant a garden, unless you have the wrong seed, if you, if you plant a tomato seed, you get a tomato, right? Like this is, you can't change that. You don't think, man, I know these are tomato seeds. Let's see what we get. You're not surprised, <laughs> right? Like this is a rule of nature. Um, if you plant a tomato or you plant a cucumber or you plant like this is, this is what, what you get. And, and, and so this morning, while we're going to be in Esther, and we're going to look at some things here, we're actually going to be preaching from the book of Galatians uh, in this sermon called Sowing and Reaping. And, and we're going to look at chapter 6, verse 7, because while this is also a, this is a physical rule, a physical law, that what you plant in the garden, uh, it, 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 what, you, what you plant is what you harvest, we find this is also true in our spiritual life, in, in your daily life. This is absolutely true, and it comes from Galatians 6, 7. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You may have heard the translation, you will reap what you sow. Right? Sowing and reaping are what we're going to talk about this morning. And this thing here is not, uh, th this is really... Uh, th this, is, this is not a punishment that God sounds about. He's like, here's just reality in life. Here's a statement, basic principle of life you need to understand. Uh, you're gonna, uh, this life is a life of reality and consequences. Right? If you don't go to work, you're probably going to get fired, and you're not going to have money. It's not going to be a surprise to you, or it shouldn't be. <laughs> right? If you don't go to work, you're going to get fired. Life has consequences. If you, um, you know, if you cheat on your spouse, more than likely, you're going to lose intimacy with your spouse, and it's going to end in a divorce. Like, life has consequences, our decisions and our actions. It's interesting, though, because you've got to understand this. That this is a, while this is a biblical principle, it's kind of like a proverb. And, and, and biblical principles and proverbs, they're not the promises of God. This is what I would call a general truth. In general, most times, when you, what you plant in life is what you're going to sow. That means that sometimes it could be delayed. Your reward or consequence could not happen immediately. But at some point down the line, it's probably going to come back around. It means that it could be avoided altogether at times. But the general principle is what you put into something is what you're going to get out of it. Found that out yesterday. We went to, uh, um, we went to the water park up at the breaks. Y'all know where that's at? So if you don't know, you should go check it out. It's pretty, pretty neat. We haven't been all summer. We went last summer, and it's coming to an end. And we told the kids, we'll go. Let's go for a Saturday. So we go up, and, and the biggest slide's up there. Uh, I can never usually get them right. Like, I just get stuck on them. I'm so slow. Like, someone's, like, trying to push myself down. Uh, and I see these kids, like, diving in and going for it. I'm like, I'm going head first. I'm going to do this. I know I'm 40, but I'm going head first in the slide. And so, you know, I am 40. So I wasn't about to dive in. I, like, got down on, 
I'm like looking around, see who's watching. Got that like this, got on one side. I rolled over and then just let gravity go, right? And let me tell you, when I got to the bottom, I was at the end of the slide and I just went, boom. <laughs> and I thought, all right, that was okay, but it wasn't that much fun. I'm going to dive into this thing. I'm going to put something into this. And so I go back, I'm like, I'm not going to dive all like that, but I am going to like stand there and kind of jump into this. And so I did it, and it hurt so bad. <laughs> like, I'm never going to do it again, but I shot out of the bottom. Like, for that 10 seconds, it was like the ride of my life. And so you find this principle is true on a water slide, is true for your marriage, is true for your career, for your education, for your health, right? What, what we put into it is what we're going to get out of it. And, and, and Paul has given this life principle that we have to get a hold of, that we have to understand, and the principle here for me is really he is trying to get us to think about the sowing and less about the reaping. Okay? He wants us to get us to thinking about the sowing, the planting, and less about the harvest or the reaping. I said this isn't always going to be true. You can't look at your life and, and, and judge what you're current going through and saying, well, did I cause this? What is this? What is that? Because in life, we live in a sinful and a broken world. And it's like you are walking through a community garden. Are you with me for a minute? You know what a community garden is? It's like where everybody in the neighborhood gets to go in and they plant their own thing. So you're going to bump into somebody and you may have been planting good fruit this morning. You eat from something and you just bump into them on the McDonald's line. But they are full of bitterness and anger and whatever. And it spills over onto you. Like th this, is, this is life. We, we, we could like be the most, I knew this one guy, the healthiest guy, like he exercised all the time, right? And he's, you think he's going to live forever. Dead of a heart attack. Hereditary, couldn't do anything about it. Like don't get so consumed that you can control your whole life. Like we are just stepping into things. But in general, you got to understand that what, that we will always harvest what we plant. Even pagan culture saw this, recognized it. The Greeks, they had a god named Nemesis. They said, we just see that, man, when people do bad stuff, it's like there's this god named Nemesis chasing after them, and eventually they pay for it. Revenge comes their way. It comes back. In the Hindu world, they call it karma. You've heard of that. Uh, that is not a Christian concept. It is not the same thing as reap what you sow, but that's how they try to describe it, that life is this balance of good and bad that you do, and, and whatever your balance is is what you're going to get and the energy that surrounds you, and not just this life, but your past life and the life before that and next, all that kind of stuff. That's not what we're talking about, but even they have recognized it. I want you to see in this story of Esther, there's two really things that, 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 that this principle plays out in. One is the story of Haman, right? We know Haman. He built the pole for Mordecai. What happened to Haman? He got impaled on the pole that he meant for someone else. He had planted bitterness, anger, wrath, jealousy, envy, selfishness, all the things, and that came back, right? That came back. It came around, and he eventually reaped 
what he had sowed. Think about Mordecai. He had, he had, he had, uh, won, he had told the queen about the, the assassination plot for the king. He had saved the king. He had refused to bow down to Haman when he would come around. Um, and, and he went through all this, and he suffered for a time, right? He suffered some negative consequences for that. But eventually you find in chapter 8, after, after God has worked through Esther and Mordecai and saved all the Jewish people, that King Xerxes takes off the signet ring, this incredible thing that he'd given to Haman, he'd taken it back, he gives it to Mordecai. And then in chapter 10, we find that Mordecai is promoted to prime minister the role that Haman was in. He becomes the second most powerful person. We see in these two stories that people always harvest what they plant. We see it played out clearly. I'm going to ask you this question as we get started. What have you been planting lately? I'm not talking about the garden this time. I'm talking about into your marriage, into your home, into your workplace, into your friend group. What are the things you've been saying? What are the things that have been coming out of you? What have you been planting lately? And I want you to think about that as we jump in to Galatians. Let's go back to Galatians here. Spend some time here. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. Those first three words um, should strike a little fear in your heart. It means he was talking to some people who thought one thing was reality and it was not. And we talked to this, about this a little bit the last couple of weeks, uh, about how bitterness can distort your perception. But he's saying, don't be misled, church. He's writing to the church of Galatia. He's saying, well, you all are believers, you're Christians, you're, uh, and you might say, well, this is harsh. You always harvest what you plant. What about forgiveness? And yes, you've been forgiven by God. And you say, well, what about grace? And, and I'd say, yes, you are under the grace of God. And, and what about mercy? What about forgiveness and all my sins? I thought they'd been washed away and, for, and forgiven. And, and yes, all that's true when it comes to eternal consequence of our sin. But what Paul is saying still, this principle plays out in your day-to-day -day life. He's saying, don't be misled. Don't think that, that sin in your life will not have consequences. He's drawing us and pointing us back to righteousness, to holiness, to be more like Jesus. He's saying, don't be misled. James 1.14 said, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And you say, well, I just feel this in my heart. Like, I'm really like... I feel like I should do this. I feel like my relationship is over. It's all these things. And, and, and we find in Jeremiah 17, 9, he said, The heart is deceitful above all things. Above all things, the heart is deceitful. What he's, what he's really trying to get them to understand is that just because we are Christian, it does not mean that we are, and you, you know this, but you don't, know it know it right you know that if i'm a christian and i eat however i want god is not just going to protect me from 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 diabetes and all the things like the decisions we make so have day-to-day -day impacts if you get in your car and you think well i'm a christian i can do whatever i want i'm just going to text and let me look at the road you're going to crash 
right? Like, this is the day-to-day thing. Our actions and, and still what we plant reaps and it impacts us. If I'm a Christian, I decide to go beat someone up, I'm probably going to get hit in the mouth. And it's probably going to hurt, right? Like, this is the reality that we harvest what we plant. And he says, don't be misled. You can absolutely believe the world. You can think sin is okay. You can think, well, I'm under grace. I'll just live however I want. And he says, don't be misled by that. Sin has consequence in your life and those around you. He says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. 6 9, he says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Said this earlier, if there, there's a bottom line from this, what I want you to hear is that Paul is asking us, we find in Esther, we said it several weeks ago, to be faithful anyway. I think that Paul is telling us, focus on the sowing not the reaping. I think this is the difference between the church and the world. The world's going to get you focused on the reaping. You're going to get you focused on how many tomatoes can I get? What's the best chemical that causes it? Like, I don't care what it does to my, I just want a bunch of them and the best ones. It'll get, it, the world will get you saying, I just care about the promotion. I don't care what it takes to get there, whose legs I got to cut out from under them, how I got to lie, cheat, move around, work around. It'll get you focused on the, the 401k or the, the bank account and just say it's, it's on money, it's on the fruit, it's on the harvest. This is what matters, and I got to do whatever I can to get there to get to reap the harvest that I want. And man, that type of mindset that the world wants to get us into um, leads to burnout, leads to discouragement, really leads to entitlement. Leads to entitlement, start, you start thinking, I deserve these things. If you, you want the, the degree without the studying or the discipline to go to class. I talked to Abby this morning, uh, uh, Chris and Billy's daughter, she's been in college two weeks, and I asked her how it was going, she's like, I'm studying all the time. So that's funny. We talk about that today. You're going to get out of that what you put into it. Right? You're studying all the time. You want a degree, but we don't want to study. We want uh, a career success or the promotion without the discipline and the selflessness and the grind and the work that it takes to get there. We want the, the, the marriage, the perfect marriage without the sacrifice. And the energy that it takes. We just want it to be there. And we get mad when it's not. And we want to blame other people. And we want the ideal kid. I'm just going to preach to myself here for a minute. You want the ideal kid that you show up at the birthday party and they are just an angel. And everybody's like, what's up with that kid? And, and we want that. But do we really want to be at home putting all the devices up and giving the attention and pouring into the kid when they need it and the quietness? Man, that's, no, that's hard. 
And we just want to show up and they'll be good. Why can't they just be good? But we got to, as parents, you got to pour into and pray you get out of it what you put into it. The world wants us to, will want you to focus on the reaping and the fruit. And Jesus, see, he flipped the script and he says, you need to just focus on the sowing. This principle is not about the motivation. You're not sowing and planting just for the harvest. We're, we're sowing and planting because God has flipped our heart upside down. And you're a new creation when you give your heart and your life to Christ. And you're no longer in the pursuit because you have already reaped the ultimate harvest of eternal life. And so you've reaped that, and therefore what has been poured into you becomes to pour out of you. But you still have to teach this lesson. He says, don't be misled. Your heart can get you off out of your sinful desires, your neighbors, the culture. All these things are going to point you in the wrong direction. And so this morning we're just going to say, hey, God, bring us back to the sowing, to the planting, to giving. If you remember the, the, the story when Jesus is talking in Luke chapter 14, he tells them, he says, when you, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite all your friends. and, and co like, It's really easy to plant into people who you can gain benefit from. He said, I want you to give to people. He says, I, 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 don't give, let me say exactly what he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could never repay you. Like the whole business world is set up that you're supposed to network and find people who can benefit you and those who you... It, when you flip your mind that, that just in life I want to serve people and help people without worrying about the, the harvest, you'll find this principle does play true. Hard work, genuine service, pays off. It does pay off. three realities about planning that you got to remember. One, what you plant is what you get. We've talked about that. I didn't plant tomatoes at the bottom rung and jalapenos at the third one and they just happened to grow different. You know, one turned into a tomato. No, whatever I put in the bottom comes out of the bottom. Like, so if you're looking at your life and you're seeing... You're seeing bitterness, and you're seeing you're seeing you're, you're seeing division, and you're you're, you're seeing uh, um, uh, heartbreak, and you're seeing selfishness, and you're seeing pride. All these things that, that are starting to to surround you. Then someone's planted those things. You get what you get. The second thing is you you get in proportion to what you plant. If I plant one tomato plant, I get one tomato plant more than likely, hopefully. 
I'm not a great gardener. I might get no tomato plants. <laughs> if you plant one, you get that. If you plant an acre of tomato plants, you get an acre of tomato plants. Okay, this is in proportion to what you give and you put into something, you get back out of it. It's proportionate. This is, uh, you find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And then, then we find also the third thing is that you only, it's not just in proportion to what you plant, but you just get more. <laughs> It's more, like you, you plant a little thing and you're going to get one plant, but then that's going to have tomatoes on it that's full of seeds, and then you plant those seeds, and it begins to multiply. And so this is great if you're planting tomato plants. It's not if great if you're planting weeds. The same principle holds true. So you, you get what you get, you get what you planted, you get in proportionate to what you plant, and then it's just more. Hosea 8, 7, it says, They who sow the wind reap the whirlwind. Even the smallest sin, even the smallest crack in the door, even what you thought might have been innocent flirting at the workplace, turns into a whirlwind pretty quick. Don't make a mockery of God. You will harvest what you plant. Focus on the sowing, not the reaping. I ask you this, what can you plant this week? I ask you what you've been planting. I hope we, this God has just stirred in my heart so many things and corrected me in so many places this week that I'm seeing this, this coming week a little different. Right, and I ask you this, what soil needs work? You know, I, I, I've, I've gotten this habit where I mow every week at our house, weed eat every other week. found I can kind of sneak that out, you know, and it goes a little longer and you can't really tell, especially when it's been dry. And, th and then it comes up at a week like this, and Thursday, I usually mow on Thursday evenings, I was busy. Friday came a monsoon, supposed to be 100 degrees, ended up 80 and raining. I think it's the worst they've ever gotten it. And, and so I just got in the spot like right now. So it's been like over two weeks since my yard's been weed-eated and over a week since it's been mowed. When I walk up to my house, it's obvious to me in that world what soil needs work, what needs attention. What I'm saying, you'll see in your own life what is the thing that is difficult, that's obvious, weeds are growing up in it. That, that needs your attention, that you're getting out of it right now what you've not been putting into it. And what are you blaming other people for? This can point you to that place. And what do you think? What can you plant this week? What soil needs work? You have to understand this is a daily principle of life. When we give our life to Christ, those of you who are, who are believers, God can completely intercepts the eternal consequence of this principle. What I mean by that is in Romans we learn that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
And we learn that the wages of sin are what? Death. The wages of sin are death. You see, when I, when I, when I said earlier, you've already reaped the ultimate harvest. This is salvation of your soul. It is, it is abundant life today and eternal life forever. And, and so you've already reaped that harvest. And, and here's the beautiful thing is you didn't plant it. You're not the one who sowed it. You see, God had a, has so much mercy and grace. And you say, well, well why would I want to do good in the world? Because you, uh, you, you, here's sometimes you can avoid consequences. You got a little kid, it's 9.30, Monday night, they're in fourth grade. Got it? They say, I got a project due tomorrow. And you let that kid show up tomorrow and get an F, right? No. You go get the cotton balls and the glue and the popsicle sticks and they go to sleep. You're up till midnight, mad, fighting with your spouse. It would be good for our kids to experience some consequences sometimes. You really can't learn if they don't. But see, we got a Heavenly Father who looked down at us, and we, we weren't just late and could have done it. We had no hope. We couldn't get the project done. We didn't even have, the, we didn't even have a Hobby Lobby to get the stuff from. We focus on the sowing because we have reaped the harvest that Christ planted. He planted righteousness, goodness, life, and we get the benefit from it simply by believing in him. He went to the cross and took the punishment and the wrath of God. That was our harvest. It was supposed to be ours. And he took it. God, we thank you that you are always present. God, turn our hearts and our minds from the harvest to the planting. God, let us see with deep gratitude who you are and who we are not. God, I'm thankful that you disrupted this principle and its eternal consequences, and you gave us hope. I'm thankful that that hope and that change inside of us with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can, we can be reminded to not be dis misled to think sin is without consequence. To, to God, draw us to righteousness, point us at the things in our life that are bringing weeds and messes into it. Let us become focused and disciplined and let us put energy into planting the right things in the right soil at the right time. And God, we'll trust you to give the increase. And I don't care if there's an increase. I don't care what the harvest is. I just want to serve you faithfully. God, give us that heart today. In Jesus' name.
Amen.